Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Opera After Dark. Today, our episode is on an opera by a composer we've already talked about in a previous episode, Charles Gounod. Gounod. And this is. If you need a little bit more info, a little bit of background on Gounod, just take a look at 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 that episode. I think it was last week. Last week's episode. Last week's episode. And so today we're going to look at an opera that's kind of crazy and random that he wrote. It's not Romeo and Juliet, and it's not Faust. This predates, this predates Romeo and Juliet, and it predates Faust. Um, this is an so opera. So it's shit. It's complete shit. Well, well. Yes. Um, the opera is called La Nonna Sanglante, which translates to The Bloody Nun. Dang. Um, <laughs> And it's a gothic horror story, and this is based, <laughs> obviously, this is based on um, a libretto that both Verdi and Berlioz considered setting for an opera before they were both like, mm, no, that's cool. <laughs> that's hilarious. Dang um, it. The, so- <laughs> this is the exact thing that I'm, I'm wanting for current opera. If there are any composers listening out there, Ugh. I am dying to see just like, Kind of satirical opera, almost like bad horror movie opera. Well, I feel like it would be awesome. Wait for it. Um, <laughs> so maybe you just need to stage this opera, right? By and then people will be like, "No, thanks." Ver- so barely Verity and Berlioz said, "No, I'm cool." And then you know <laughs> stepped in in 1854, and he was like, "Oh no, this works awesome. I'm writing an opera based on it." <laughs> Um, so it premiered at the Paris Opera, and it enjoyed a fantastic run of 11 performances oh, before shit. the managing director of the Paris Opera took it off the season for, and I quote, violating the bounds of good taste. Oh, oh no. damn. Has it had performances since, or I is it 11 performances so. all time? I don't know. I think it might be 11 performances all time. I might be wrong oh, about that. Oh, my gosh. Are there any clips of this? There are. There are several, actually. There's oh, sweet. The overture. There is a nuptial march of oh. some kind. Oh. Hey, that means that somebody's performing it somewhere. There is Obscuritas. I don't know if I that's like an excerpt that from it. So. All right. So let me jump right into this nonsense. So Act 1 takes place in the castle of a baron named Moldaw. Who is <laughs> Moldaw? Moldaw. Okay. So we're at the castle of the Baron Moldau. Moldau has a daughter who's <laughs> Moldau. Moldau. Who a daughter whose name It's like a Pokemon. Whose name in French is pronounced Agnes, but because I'm lazy, we're calling her Agnes. Um, <laughs> so he has a daughter named Agnes. And obviously. Moldau, because this is an opera, um, has a mortal enemy by the name of the Count Ludorf. 
Ludorf. Okay. Right. And Ludorf has a son named Rodolf. Okay. And obviously, Agnes and Rodolf. <laughs> if, if it's going to be Agnes, I feel like it has to be like Randolph or Randy. We can call him Randy. <laughs> so Agnes and Randy obviously are in love. They're is this the... set in Kansas? No. <laughs> I don't know where this is set, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Uh, okay, oh, Agnes and Randy. It's set in Bohemia, which at that time was what? Czechoslovakia? Well, it's like a giant area that kind of spans what is now Czechoslovakia and then also parts of Austria. Let's say Austria. And parts Let's... of Germany, I think. It was kind of like, but the majority yeah. of it is now, well, what the was Czechoslovakia, what Czech was Republic. Czechoslovakia, which is now the Czech Republic. All right. Well, yeah. let's say the Czech Republic. I thought that Bohemia was more of an aesthetic, like La Boheme, which is in France, which is in Paris. No, it's an actual physical location. Yes, Bohemia was a physical yeah. location that basically got, basically got swallowed by the Austria Austro-Hungarian Empire, right? Huh. Or was either swallowed by or created out of that with the Habsburgs that then became the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Anyway, it's anyway. a long story. So this plot, this plot <laughs> is For actually... time. A long story I'm not uh, qualified at this moment to tell. So this plot is actually <laughs> extremely complicated, so I'm going to try and break it down as okay. simply as possible for you. So you have to pay and attention, Randy Kyle. are in love with each other. And they're... Uh, Fathers hate each other, whatever. They're the Romeo and Juliet of this situation. Of so, Kansas. Of Kansas. So in Ugh. walks this uh, this hermit named Pierre. Okay. Um, who I guess people listen to hermits in this point in time. And so <laughs> Pierre is like, hey, guys, I think in order to heal this breach between these two families, Agnes should marry um, Randy's brother. What? Not Whose cool. name is Theobald, so we'll call him Theo. Um, <laughs> so obviously... Uh, is he the older brother? The older brother. Okay, okay. Agnes and Randy are like, oh no. Uh, <laughs> so they decide it- that the only way that they're going to fix the situation is if they elope, right? Ah, uh, of course. Of course. Okay. Secretly? Yes. Well, generally, that's what an elopement is. That's what an elopement means. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So um, they end up deciding to elope, and Randy asks her to meet him at the north ramparts of the castle at midnight with the idea of just, like, escaping with her. And Agnes hesitates because um, on this same night, the legend is there's a ghost of the bloody nun who will appear at the castle... Um, and Randy and it just says, happens to be the night of the bloody nun when they want to elope. Yes. Okay. So she's afraid of this? She's afraid because it's a ghost. She doesn't want to be attacked by a bloody nun, whatever. Randy says, actually, <laughs> this is total bullshit, but we can use this to our advantage. Ooh. What uh. we'll do is Agnes is going to distract herself as the bloody nun to be able to go out the door at midnight with nobody stopping her because they think that she's the ghost. <laughs> Right. So like, holy shit, get away, get away, get away. That's actually kind of clever. Right. I feel like it has bad news written all over it. Like, she's actually going to run into the bloody nun and get massacred. The bloody nun <laughs> confronts the fake bloody nun. Well, nothing nothing makes so... a bloody nun more pissed off than somebody impersonating the bloody nun. 
Do you, I mean, do you want to hear what happened? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what no, actually I keep, happens? I want to keep drawing this out. Okay. Um, <laughs> so basically what happens is a lot of shit goes down. That's the end of the first act. Uh, a lot of shit goes down. And essentially what happens, because Randy is a tenor, which means Randy is an idiot. <laughs> um, what? This figure of the bloody nun goes down the staircase at the end of the final stroke of midnight. And he's like, cool, you're here. Let's go. But it turns out that he actually elopes and marries the actual ghost <laughs> of the bloody oh, nun. Oh, should to call that. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> yeah classic just classic okay Mar- so he accidentally he accidentally marries the bloody nun and there's this big scene at a banquet hall where like all her dead relatives are there and she lifts her veil and she's like i'm the dead bloody nun and you're married <laughs> to me forever ha 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 where um, was agnes this whole time i couldn't tell you <laughs> why would the bloody nun want to get married hasn't she taken a vow I mean, these are questions that I cannot answer. Everybody wants to find love. <laughs> everyone. Particularly the bloody nun. Is that why she's haunting everyone? Is because she never got to love? Oh, no. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Um, so, for some reason that we never know for certain, uh, Randy's brother, Theo, just mysteriously dies, right? Oh. Uh, and because he's dead and he's the older brother, now Randy is free to marry... Like, actual Agnes, who I guess was, like, wandering around the castle lost this whole time. I don't know. <laughs> Agnes was wandering around lost? Right, because okay. we don't know why oh, she right, wasn't like, already d- there. Disguised as Agnes. Disguised as a nun. Own, it's your own, own damn, damn castle, fault. Agnes. I know. So he's now allowed to legitimately marry Agnes if he wants, except he can't because he's haunted every night by the actual bloody nun who is married to him. And she's... <laughs> She's only going to release him from his vows if he vows to kill her murderer. So he has to find her uh. murderer, and we don't know who it is. And if he finds her murderer, then she'll release him from his, um, I guess, extremely serious wedding vows and allow him to marry Agnes. So that's wait, why wait. she married him in the first place. Is her murderer Agnes? That would be a twist. That would be a twist. But no. <laughs> and her murderer is not Theo because he dropped Damn. dead for some Theo's reason. Theo's already dead. Okay. Um, should we listen to something before I finish this up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do have the the nuptial march, and I'm assuming that's the like the wedding with all the dead relatives to the real bloody nun. Yes. Sure. Let us listen to Let's the listen nuptial to march. The nuptial march.
gonna marry Agnes anyway. And so he tries to do that, but then, you know, the bloody nun appears. Of course. At the wedding? At the wedding. And oh. through a series of events, she points out that Randy's father, Ludorf, is the one that murdered her for reasons that are inexplicable. So he has to kill his own father. Well, to be released from his vow. Right. What Does ends he kill up, his father? No, what ends up happening is uh, Ludorf is consumed by guilt, and he allows himself um, to be murdered in Randy's place. So what happened was um, once Randy finds out that his dad killed the nun, he's, like, terrified, and because he's an idiot, he just, like, abandons the wedding and runs off because he has a lot of white man feelings that he has to deal with. In um, it's hard, Elspeth. It's hard, okay? I get it. I get it. I get it. He's got a lot going on. I mean, no one else does. Agnes sure doesn't. Um, so Agnes's whole family is like, we're going to find Randy and we're going to fucking kill him because he abandoned Agnes on their wedding <laughs> oh, day, right? Damn. Um, this is and, much more dramatic than I thought yeah, it would be. Yeah, and Ludar finally is consumed by guilt. And so what he does is he... Um, runs into this dark chapel and he knows that people are going to mistake him for his son so he goes in and like sacrifices himself um and he ends up dying on the tomb of the bloody nun who is um vindicated and she ascends to heaven and prays for his soul and that is how it ends and i couldn't actually tell you why ludorf married this nun um murdered the nun yeah why he murdered her sorry <laughs> you said married I I meant wait, wait. Murdered. that really thickened the plot it did so we don't okay so he like kills himself on top of her tomb she ascends to heaven in this kind of like and like prays for his soul because now she's redeemed because right. her murder has been vindicated. But then what happens to Agnes and Randy? Oh we don't know the opera ends I'm assuming they get back together because Randy's no longer haunted Okay. I don't know. But actually, I don't know why Ludorf killed and he's the like, nun. Any uh, thoughts as to why you would kill a nun? Maybe um, he was in love with her, and then she was like, dude, I don't want you. I'm, I'm joining a nunnery. Yeah. And then... And then he kills her. He was like, I can't take rejection. And so... That seems pretty accurate. Let's go with that. <laughs> Dang, that would be messed up. Good job, Ludorf. Right? Ludorf. Ludorf. <laughs> and that... Is how it ends. <laughs> you know what? I find myself asking, why am I not seeing this at major opera houses around the world? You it know, sounds it like has a real a, gym. Who can it, say? The Paris Opera thought it was tacky and in poor taste, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does have a kind of like a, like, I don't know if this is a good comparison, but I feel like nowadays you could do a lot with the kind of like Victorian horror aesthetic of the story. Right, like Crimson be, Peak. Have you seen that right. movie, Crimson Peak? Crimson Peak, or it ha kind oh, of has no, like a vampire-y feeling to it. Oh my God, there's one scene, I made Naomi watch it a bunch, uh, where Tom Hiddleston gets stabbed in the face with a oh, penknife. It is hilarious. Is that the, that's a Diego del Toro film or something uh, like Guillermo that? Guillermo del Toro. The guy who did Pan's Labyrinth. I think it's Guillermo del Toro. Oh, gotcha. It is. It is simultaneously horrible and the funniest damn thing. Because <laughs> I saw it in a movie theater with two of our friends, and we were not expecting it. It, I was. It's did you very, have an it, outburst? It, it comes on very The suddenly. whole theater did. We were all like, ha! Ah! <laughs> 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 and then he pulls it out. Oh, man. It's oh. hilarious. I love it. That movie's great. It is 
we will can't be good. We will try and trash. find I love it. a clip of it and put it on the blog. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, but I, yeah, I feel like so imagine, funny. imagine if you took the aesthetic of Crimson Peak and then used that for the production of this opera. Oh yeah, I, I think, think it, it would, would totally, totally work. work. Yeah, yeah. But just the fact yeah. that Agnes and then Agnes dresses the bloody nun and the bloody nun are two different characters, <laughs> and the fact that her fiance is dumb enough to like accidentally marry the wrong person. Yes, mm-hmm. I get a kick out of that. Yeah. Do we know what their voice types are? Well, actual Agnes is a soprano, and Agnes, or or the Bloody Nun, rather, is a mezzo. Okay, and he's a tenor. Of course she is. Of course she is. Mm -hmm. I'm a dead broad mezzo. I'm a dead broad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I feel like people would like this opera. I would like to see it, because I think Mm -hmm. it's probably really unintentionally funny. Everybody likes a mad scene. You know what I mean? I feel like this has a mad scene written all over it. It's got a bunch of dead people in it. It's very dramatic. What's not to love? Star-crossed lovers? An idiot? <laughs> a hermit? Castles? Basically all, a of, your hermit? Opera, yeah. all of your opera hallmarks. Pierre the Hermit. <laughs> Who is Pierre? <laughs> Pierre the Hermit. He has like a cameo role. Oh, who would be good for that cameo He has a role? whole aria. It's a bass. I say okay. bring careful. Oh, I was gonna say Ildar. <laughs> Ildar, you'd be a very handsome Pierre the Hermit. A very handsome hermit. <laughs> Hello. Hello, I'm Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> well, shucks. Well, I guess, so we're gonna play out to the to the, the overture. overture, right? Yes, we have what the What was overture. the name of this opera? The Bloody Nun, La Nonna Sogrante. <laughs> the Bloody Nun. The Bloody Nun. Da 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 da. I mean, I would like to play the title character. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think you would be amazing. I can see you you as a bloody nun. You would actually terrify me as the bloody nun. What do you mean? I'm a delight. Like terrify in the best possible way. You're a delight, but I just feel like you could be creepy in that setting. Ding. (laughs) I think we should. I think we should get someone to produce a small scale production, and we should call it Bloody Marys with the Bloody Nun. And. Oh my God! I love that idea. Yeah. Where we're gonna put it out into the world. Somebody, oh please. As Do long this. as I can have a scene where I flip a table, which is my dream. <laughs> yes, Bloody Marys with the Bloody Nun. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That well. Would be funny. You heard it first on Opera After Dark. If anyone wants <laughs> to collaborate with us else. to but bring this idea to life, Bloody Marys with the Bloody Nun. You know what? If if one day you want to see Bloody Marys with the Bloody Nun, what you can do to help us get there is give us the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> well, or just leave us a review on iTunes. Or, uh, Check out our website, operaafterdark.com. Better yet, share this uh, podcast with your opera friends. Everybody yeah. has to have at least one friend who also likes opera. If you don't, then I, What's I'm hopeful wrong with that. You? Get a friend. I'm, no, no, I'm hopeful that we can be your friends who oh. also like opera. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different approach from what's wrong with you, get a friend. Get a friend. Sorry. Elspeth. Sorry, sorry. Maybe, well, maybe. I'm the bloody nun. Maybe this podcast will help you find other opera-loving people that you can be yeah. with. Yeah. Right, right. That's the whole point. All right, well, I have to say that I'm far more intrigued about this opera than I thought I would be. And 
I would like to see it happen. So I'm a bloody nun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. This isn't the bloody. It's not bloody Mary and bloody nun cabaret, Elspeth. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, shall we wrap this baby up? Yep. We shall. Thank you right. for joining us for this episode, everybody. Yes, thank you. We'll see you next time. I'm Naomi. I'm Elspeth. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm Kyle. Why don't you give it another try, Elspeth? No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.